This is the first episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. Gavin and I are introducing ourselves, and we are also giving our predictions and breakdowns from the past two weeks in the world of NFL and college football. So stay tuned for more. Hello, guys. It is the first official episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. I am Tyler Goff, and I am joined with my man, Gavin Poe. What's up? What's up? This is a hasn't been in the works for very long. We both moved to uh, we both moved to Lexington back in August, in early August, and we immediately, you know, in the talks of starting a podcast. And it's been you know we're both into really into sports, and it's going to be really fun. And you know we're both really excited for it. And we were talking about uh, last week. We don't even care how many if we, even if we get like you know ten viewers a week. And that's we we'll be happy with that because we just it's our passion, sports is our passion and we're ready to get this thing rolling. Any chance to talk about sports, I'm gonna take it. Right, except for soccer. I mean I can try to act like I know about it, but I really don't. And but, you know, we both love sports, no matter what sport it is, we'll always look into it and we're always on ESPN. Gavin's always on Twitter, I'm always on the ESPN app, always on Bleacher Report, Sports Center and all that good stuff. Uh, before we get into sports today, um, you know, Gavin, I was talking about about this. I was talking to you about this earlier about um, college campuses. They always have, you know, I've seen it. Their college campuses always have people trying to offer you stuff, trying to t- get you to take a survey to win something, and there's people giving out Bibles and all that good stuff, and. Today, I was going to a 9.30 class. It's my only class of the day. And this this guy comes up to me. He tells me he does yoga. And he has all these books that he's offering about like Indian meditation and all that good stuff. And uh, the first thing that he says to me is, Tyler, or well, he doesn't say Tyler, but he, he's, he goes up to me and he says, you look like a very calm and peaceful man. What's your secret? And I was like, uh, I, no, there's no secret. <laughs> and he was like, and I was gonna, I was gonna get this book, you know, because it looked nice, it looked interesting. And uh, he was like, oh, how much would you like to give a donation? And I was, like, I don't have any money. You know, they like, oh, I'll give you a pamphlet. And <laughs> I was like, man, and like seriously, people on a college campus will always try to offer you stuff, and that's just the thing about college. See, perched and going, I'm, perched going community college, never had any instances like that. Don't I, don't talk to anybody. Just and I'm go not, to class and leave. I'm not used to like people coming up to me, and when people usually come up to me and try to talk to me and offer me stuff, I I do not know how to say no, and I just like you know listen to what they say and usually throw away stuff whatever they give me. Uh, you know. It's like people at the mall, you just put your head down and keep walking past them. Right, and well, like, and also if you go to Bahamas on a cruise, oh, yeah. like, like we, Mexico. Uh, in Mexico, like you always, people, hey, you want to go on this ta- uh, taxi cab and, you know, stuff like that. And you just, I don't know how to say no, and I really need to learn that. But on a college campus, you get that all the time. And uh, like I said, my name's Tyler, this is Gavin, both love sports, and this is a very sports-heavy podcast. Um... Yeah, you know, when 
NBA and college basketball comes rolling around, which is, you know, NBA is about to start here in a month. But once that comes around, we're definitely, you know, we're tying in more basketball as it gets to more winter. But right now we're focusing on college football mostly and NFL. And, um, you know, our, we have a lot of goes for this podcast, I would say. Um, we really want to get bigger, but if we don't, that's fine. We have our, we can, you know, we have our local sides of things we have a regional and we also you know big picture type of thing but yeah and we really hope that um you know if you're if you're listening to this that you like it you know i stutter a lot and i you know i have to get better at that but you know gavin's already a pro here he's he's sounding sounding really good and um again um uh, i said this on instagram you can follow me at Tyler Walrus Golf, and you can also follow the podcast's uh, Instagram um, at Man Cave Sports Podcast. And Gavin, what's the Twitter handle again? Uh, Twitter handle is at Man Cave Podcast. And followed on Twitter, Instagram. Um, I'm going to be getting a Facebook up for it here soon. But um, yeah, um, we hope, really hope that you guys like it, whoever's listening to it, and um, looking ready to get this thing rolling. All right. So, Monday after my last class, I saw my phone ESPN that the Browns traded Josh Gordon to the New England Patriots. And I already knew that they were, you know, over the weekend they already released that the Browns were going to release James uh, uh, Josh, Josh Gordon on Monday. And that came as a sh- kind of shock to me, but I and a in the grand scheme of things, I think, you know, you were talking about earlier about how it's a win-win situation. And honestly, Josh Gordon is a lottery ticket because I think the hope in New England really needs a good wide receiver right now because Julian Edelman is still suspended. They got uh, Amy, uh, Danny Am- Amendola got, you know, he left for Miami. And uh, they traded away Brandon Cooks, which I thought, you know, at first glance, that was a terrible that for them to get rid of Brandon Cooks because he's a good young wide receiver. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, Patriots really need a wide receiver, and he's still young. He's Josh Gordon is twenty seven years old, and I still think he has a lot of potential left. I uh, I think it's win win because. Patriots, they give up a fifth rounder, which really isn't anything, uh, and they get back a seventh rounder in Josh Gordon. If Josh Gordon works out, they got a great serviceable receiver. That's awesome for them. They didn't give much up anything uh, for him. But if he doesn't work out, he's on a decently cheap deal. They cut him, get him out of the locker room, which I personally don't think it's going to work out. I think he's off the roster within a couple of weeks, but that's to be seen. Yeah, I... You know, like I said, we were talking about earlier about how, you know, in the past, the Patriots have really, they've tried, they turned bad, you know, not bad players, but, you know, unheard of players, and they made them really good. Like West, you were talking about West Welker, LeGarrette Blunt, LeGarrette Blunt, Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan has been really good, and we were talking about on the on the defensive side and Akib Tlaib. Yeah. And, but that's, you know, Unheard of players making them good is a different story, and as far as you know, players with bad history. And Josh Gordon has had a lot of past history with, um, with weed, and um, and that's what's really kept him from being like 
a top three wide receiver because I really think if he got his act together and he really focused all of his attention on football, he definitely he would definitely be a top three wide receiver. See, I disagree with that. I do not think even at his best he would be better than Julio, Antonio Brown, or Odell. I think he would be better than Odell. I don't think so. I already he was in the 2013 season. Uh, Josh Gordon had. He had 87 receptions, he had 1,646 yards, and he had 19 touchdowns and uh, 19 yards per carry. And honestly, that's pretty that – was, that was five years ago in 2013. Also – And that be, was just to start like, – just to start before – I mean, he had a – he was suspended that season for like four games also or two games. Also could be inflated stats on a bad team. Look at Kelvin Benderman for the Panthers uh, two, two, three years ago. He had awesome stats his first year. He's, a, he's an all right receiver, but it's not like he's an all pro or anything at this point. That's – I mean, again, I still think he would be – a top three, or at least top five, because he was showing signs of really great potential in that 2013 season, and he showed, you know, last year and when he played for five games, he still showed what he's capable of, and he could be a very useful receiver in the, at the very least, and, you know, the weed, you know, him, the, you know, problem with weed and all that other stuff, he's just really, I think... You know he that held him back a lot, and I really think that I mean again that he would be one of the top receivers in today's NFL if he you know focused solely on football. I don't think he's gonna get it turned around though. Like Patriots it, have it, already yeah. had Kenny Britt, they've had Michael Floyd. Who each bo- come in. both of them had problems in the past with the law and and you know getting suspended and all that. They're both and, less. They're younger than thirty. They both they both had seasons. I know Michael Floyd had a season over a thousand yards receiving. I'm not for sure about Kenny Britt if he has, but both they probably good. had like I think he had one with Cleveland maybe. But they Barely. are they each had very good young careers and just got in trouble. And the Patriots weren't able to yep. help him turn it around. And I think you know this could very well happen with Josh Gordon. On the Brown side of it, I think it's a win for them too because. They're taking a, they're flipping a seventh rounder for a fifth is, rounder, and although yeah. Josh Gordon is a good receiver, it's a cancer in the locker room. And over since twenty thirteen, that good year he's had, he's only had six hundred fifty five receiving yards from suspensions and injuries and all sorts of different things. Yeah, I think you know, I I think what's going to happen is what you said is he might not be on the team for long, but knowing. I I know the Patriots really want to try to help him out, and if he can really, if he gets his act together, I think he's gonna be really, really a benefit for Patriots. And you know, if he doesn't pan out, I mean, it'll be okay. They still got a draft pick out of it, and it's not the greatest draft pick. It's a seventh round, but you it's, know, it's a it's a risk that's easily worth taking. I think it's worth it because yeah. because of the There's potential that's like, there. Not any risk, and that he's still young for a receiver. He's twenty seven, and he still has, you know, Patriots want to give him a shot, and we'll see how that goes. So the first week of the NFL, Aaron Rodgers banged up his knee. He sprained it. Against the uh, who do they play week one? I can't remember who they. I can't remember, but you know 
he sprained his knee, and um, I know it was when Cobb know, had that seventy-five yard reception. It was against Bears. Yeah, yeah it was week one against the Chicago. Bears, and um, he. Uh, I know it's Aaron, how tough Aaron Rodgers is, and I think he might get a lot of that from Brett Favre. And Brett Favre was. Uh, he was an he was a monster, and he was he was something. He was a world class athlete, and he was something else because Brett Favre was one of the is you know went down as one of the you know greatest quarterbacks and also one of the sturdiest because he had injuries, but you know he played through a lot, and I think Aaron Rodgers kind of um, developed that you know got some of that from him. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers, I know he's tough, but you know he had a collarbone injury, but you know. He uh, he got taken out of the game a little bit, and he decided to come back. And I was reading the next day, I think the you know the Monday after, about a source that said that in that the type of injury that he had should have kept would have kept the player out of that game that he got injured in, and would have kept him out for an extended period of time. Uh, it definitely had an effect on his play last week versus the Vikings. Uh, you could tell uh, they honestly should have won that game. Won that game they had. Two pin or two touchdowns taken back with a questionable Devontae Adams catch that was uh, overturned, and then uh, a Jimmy Graham caught a touchdown that got uh, took him back from a holding penalty that shouldn't have happened. But uh, they probably should have won that game. But no doubt the injury definitely held Aaron Rodgers back. He wasn't as mobile, which he did make a couple clutch uh, runs uh, needed, much needed runs. Uh, to get first downs late in the game, but he definitely was not as mobile as he usually is. He couldn't get out of the pocket, so it's definitely. I'm, gonna, going I'm to curious his play. as to see how, because like I said, he's tough. He's a tough quarterback. I'm just, you know, if the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers again and they have to play Deshaun Kaiser as their starter for the rest of the season or forever, how long Aaron Rodgers needs to be out? Packers are screwed in so many ways because Deshaun Kaiser had one of the worst rookie seasons I have ever seen in the you know ever since I started watching NFL. One of the worst rookie seasons I've ever seen. Hopefully, Aaron Rodgers can get some much needed rest this week versus the Redskins. I know look, he hasn't been practicing. I know, like what before last week's game, I know that he didn't practice all the games, and I know Mike McCarthy said that there would be no problem that he would still start him. But you know, I'm hoping. You know, I like Aaron Rodgers, and I don't like the way the I'd Packers. Say, I'd say he's probably the most talented quarterback in the league right now. I th- he'll definitely go down as one of the best. He'll first ballot Hall of Famer, and I also think that he will go down as you know, probably a top five, five quarterback of all time. He's really good, and you know everyone knows that. And uh, yeah, I was saying I don't like the how the Packers dealt with. Um, with Brett Favre, you know, back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s. But, you know, like I said, I really like Aaron Rodgers, and I really hope that uh, he can heal from that knee injury. So, another guy that's really surprising me um, this so far through the first two games of the NFL is Patrick Mahomes. The dude, coming out of Texas Tech, I was not... I knew he was good. He, he played baseball, didn't he? He has a fantastic arm he has a rocket for an arm and I really you know coming out of Texas Tech I knew he would be good but I always thought that he would need at least two to three years under a veteran quarterback 
to be effective and be ready to start. But this man, he's looking like a seasoned veteran right he, now. He's playing awesome. Ten touchdowns through the first two games. Um, Let's not forget that he has zero interceptions, and he's doing a lot of passing. And, you know, he throws the deep ball a he lot. Does, he does have a great offense around him, which helps. But I don't, I don't think that we should take that away from him. I he's, think the Chiefs have the Chiefs have one of the best offensive cores with Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, Tyree Kill, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think that's one of the best we, uh, offensive cores in the NFL right now. We can't forget over the last five years, uh, Alex Smith has always started off super hot as well. Though I don't know about at this level, but Alex Smith has always well, started uh, off really Alex good. Alex Smith this also had a career career year last year. He started off great, and he kind of. Back down, but you know, he's a completely different quarterback yeah, than is, Patrick Mahomes. Alex Smith does not, he's a he's a, definitely a game manager, and Patrick Mahomes is kind of like he'll sling the ball whenever he, he doesn't gets a have chance. an arm like Mahomes. Not no, many, he not does not, do. but um, yeah, like yeah, not many in the league do. But Patrick Mahomes, um, playing absolutely out of his mind. Um, throwing 10 touchdowns, like you said, already through the first two games. And uh, just to put that in perspective, Mitch Trubisky, who was drafted a year before Patrick Mahomes, in his first 14 career starts, does not have 10 interceptions. But Patrick Mahomes, for his first two starts of the season, already has 10. And I think, just to put that in perspective, that is... Absolutely, that's just mind-boggling to me. And I didn't think, you know, like I said, I thought Patrick Mahomes would need multiple years to be really ready for the NFL, and he's already proven uh, that he can really play in this system. Another guy that's really surprising me is Fitz Magic, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I swear to God, I did not expect that from him. I didn't think t- the much of the Buccaneers before going into the season, and now they are already two and zero. Yeah, I don't think when Jameis comes back, if definitely if Deshaun, Patrick uh, comes, if he keeps up this, uh, Jameis is not getting a starting spot back. Yeah, um, it's yeah. Um, Deshaun, ja- did you see what John- Deshaun Jackson said today? Uh uh-uh. oh. He said that um, as long as Fitz has the hot hand, that they should keep. Starting. Oh, they they will. I mean, you can't pass that. He's thirty five years old. He's also he's, has. A I mean, degree. it's not like they're going to trade Jameis or anything because he's no. still their future. But I mean, Pat Ryan Fitzpatrick is he's thirty five years old. And I think we were we were this said is, we this said is off to the best start of his career. It's crazy yeah. <laughs> happening at thirty five years old. I mean, he had a solid year with the Jets a couple years ago, yeah. and he looked like maybe he can be you know for. You know, at least four to five years, he can be a solid quarterback until he retires. Pretty sure they signed him back, and then the next year he's just awful. And yeah, he's they g- they gave him a, he wanted a big extension ah. with the Jets, and um, but you know, if I was the Buccaneers right now and they're kind of struggling, you know, as far I mean, not knowing what to do and just just judging from how Fitzpatrick. Is playing right now. Keep running off of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, you still have two. You're still undefeated. You still have you know one two straight in a row. He's played. He hasn't shown any signs of you know that you know being inconsistent and having a terrible game. You know we'll see what happens last week because that's the last week before Jameis Winston can be reinstated and play again. 
after coming back from um, suspension. That's a very important game this week. Steelers versus Buccaneers. That I think. Very important. Um, yeah, we'll see how that game goes and see if, uh, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can keep it up. I'm, I am really, I, I seriously, I think out of every like thing that's happened in this NFL season, that's at the first two games that has been the oh. most mind-boggling to me. Yeah, at 35 shocking. years old and he's playing like a, you know, he's got the swag with it too. I know. I saw him after the post conference. He was wearing those, you know, Hollywood Fitz Magic, and I. I love it because it was Deshaun Jackson's clothes he was wearing. I was I was loving it because he has a degree from Harvard, mm-hmm. and I definitely he's definitely had some bad years. He hasn't been a quality quarterback his whole career, but you know I real I like Ryan Fitzpatrick's story mm-hmm. because you know he has a, he went to Harvard, he broke records there, and he had one of the best, if not the best, wonderlick score you can get for a quarterback, and that is absolutely. He had forty-eight out of fifty. That's a, I mean, he's a smart dude, and I, I like I said, I just really like his story, and I like his beard too. Guess who has like the lowest of any starting court or not starting quarterback, any quarterback in the league right now? Who does? Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe Flacco is still elite though. Oh yeah. That's why they're starting him over Lamar Jackson. All right, so we got some. Predictions uh, for these this upcoming week. Um, so we have a Thursday night football. Actually, I kind of want to talk about the Monday night football game a bit. The Raiders are just absolutely kicking themselves right now for trading Khalil Mack. And I honestly, I did not realize how much of a monster Khalil Mack was until I watched him in last night's uh, game when the Bears played the Seahawks. He was an absolute tank. Like he was going after. Everybody and Khalil no Mack one can is stop him. one of the five defensive players in the league that whatever they ask for money wise, you need to give it to him because there's a complete difference maker. Him yeah, and, there's a difference. Him and Aaron like, Donald yeah, there's the di- yeah. There, I mean, there's a difference when you know people want money, but they haven't really shown, you know, that they're you know going to be capable of that they they're deserving of that type of money. And there's people like Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald, and other players. Who you know, like you said, are difference makers, and you really need them on your team. You pay that guy. You okay. know what you know what I mean. Like you have to like example. Let's say Peyton Manning back in his prime. You he's a game changer. You pay that guy. You know you pay the people that. Well, people aren't as hesitant to pay quarterbacks though as they are defensive players. For I mean. Quarterbacks obviously have the biggest impact on the field, but Khalil Mack, you can argue... He'd make any defense better. Yeah. And I think, uh, judging... You know, last night's game was a really defensive-oriented game. Uh, Trubisky, I feel like he can be really good, but he has... He's... And he, he has showed potential, fla- but his game, his uh, decision making is not the best. He's shown flashes. Uh, you know, last night he had uh, two hundred passing yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And I think that you know interceptions needs to cut down on that a little bit. But you know, I really want to like him. Um, I really want to think that he's going to be something special, but. You know he's definitely gonna have to work on a lot, and you know, this is just his, what his year. third, his se- it, yeah, it's this is just his second year in the league, and definitely a lot to work on. Half of last year, so yeah, 
And I, you know, he's he, already he's, shown tremendous signs of improvement from last year. Last year, he's not very. He was not good at all. Yeah, he threw more interceptions than he did uh, touchdowns last year, and he like you know he has a good size. Was he like six five, six six, something like that? But yeah, he, he's a good size, and I think that you know in the future, and um, he's going to be really helpful for the Bears, and it, definitely if he improves. And I think the Bears in general, their defense, I think. They're going to be, by the time the playoffs come around, I really think that they're going to be one of the top teams in the NFL. I think they're definitely making the playoffs this year. I mean, they got the chance. Their, their defense all around is just and their really defense, good. Like I said, Khalil Mack is you know complete game changer, and he'll make any defense I mean, he's better. only one of the several good defensive players and, they and have. Uh, to put another thing in perspective, I was looking at these stats. He has better defensive stats than the Raiders do in two games. Just in that game alone. Or and to those two first two games, yeah. And that's I know the Raiders are just absolutely kicking themselves, and it's not a really good start for John Gruden in the first two his first two games back as head coach. Hundred million dollar man. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I it like his hair. Him over Khalil. And I, Raiders got killed by the Rams. What the, Rams, in my opinion. From top to bottom, are the best team in the NFL at this point. From top to bottom, yeah, and they're yeah. definitely a top uh, out of the best uh, offensive cores. I think they're number one. You have Jared Goff, which I, I'll admit I was wrong. I, I was completely against Jared Goff coming into the draft. I was. Uh, Is it because I have the same last name as oh, him? Oh yeah, I was one hundred percent pro. Uh, Carson Wentz over and didn't like, which I still think Wentz is a better player if he comes back the same he uh, was. Which he is, he's coming back this week. Yeah, he is, and we'll talk about a little bit about that later. But uh, Jared Goff has been really, he surprised me last year because he did not have a good rookie year at all. Oh, he did not. And they gave him a chance, and he, you know, just absolutely struggled when he was given that chance. And last year, under well, a new there, they, yeah, they fired who was it, Jeff Fisher? I think it, who, yeah, it was Jeff was Fisher. Awful. They got this, and I didn't have any hopes for the Rams last year. I they got it. this super young coach in Sean McVay, and but he really turned around that offense. Uh, their offense was top notch last year, um, and like I said, I think they have you know from top to bottom, they have the best core in the NFL right now, and the certainly the best offensive core. They got to keep to leave over the off season. One of the best defenses. They got Aaron Donald. They he'll be you know he's there for five to six more years. Let's get a Jared Goff Carson Wentz NFC Championship game this That's year. That's I think I, I, very possible. Depending on how Carson Wentz comes back from injury, I really think that that very get very good chance of that being the NFC Conference Championship game this year. But um, going back to the Rams, they have Jared Goff. He had twenty eight touchdowns last year versus seven interceptions. Those are very solid numbers. Oh, he improved and, um, dramatic. It was so uh, drastic. Todd Gurley has, you know, after having a down year before last year where he only cannot run at all. Sophomore slump. He had a, he definitely had a sophomore slump, and he came back last year, was an all-around, I'll-do-anything running back. He a great receiving back, and he can all, he'll run the heck out of the ball. He's got a top three um, Cooper Cup. Is coming to his own. They got Brandon Cooks, who's been really effective for them so far this that year. That was a nice pickup. Uh, Robert Woods is also really has come to his own as an NFL player. I just 
And that's going like to be a I tough said, the probably the best defensive player in the league in Aaron Donald. <laughs> yeah. So. And him and Kool, is him or Kool Mack. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he can choose. I don't know, you know, but um what like I said, the best offensive core right now. And they are going to be absolutely tough to beat when it comes down to the clutch. And um so now we're going to do our breakdown of the next week's, or this coming uh, Sunday's NFL games. Oh, let's start off with Thursday night. Was, with Thursday night, Jets-Browns. Uh, I think the Jets are going to win this game. I take Jets uh, simply because I think Sam Donald's already in his third game is better than Tyrod Taylor. Exactly. And Ty- I, Tyrod had a decent game last week. I'm just not a believer. But he had it. a terrible... I'm Browns are really pissing me off because I, I really want to like the Browns and hope... I want them to get better. I really do, and they start keep starting Tyrod Taylor, who, as a passer, is really not that good. And they got uh, that Zane Gonzalez. He's he's not going to be on the Browns much longer. Mm-mm. And I, I think Baker Mayfield, just give him a chance. Not a lot of people like him, and I can understand because, you know, what he did at Oklahoma last year, but give Baker Mayfield a chance. Although, although I have them losing this week, I think... This is last week in their tremendous run of not winning I've already game. seen, you know. I, th- I think they beat the Raiders in the following week. I think that ends their losing. I already know people want Baker Mayfield because I was looking through the comment section of Browns accounts and, you know, you know different posts about um, the Cleveland Browns situation. That well, people in the preseason, they, he's your number one He pick, looked put, fantastic. Put him out there. And I think, you know, this may be a stretch, but he could very well be the next Drew Brees. Because he has the same height, I think he has a better arm than Drew Brees. That's putting a lot on someone. He can but. better. He can. I know, but that's what they're comparing him to, and I, I think the comparisons are very. You know, I think that's pretty accurate. And he can run. I think he can run better than Drew Brees. I think he'll he can he'll have less um, less bad decisions than Drew Brees. Drew Brees is thrown almost in every season besides he had a. Really good, you know, touchdown to interception ratio last year. But almost in every other season, Drew Brees throws double digits interceptions. Drew Brees is also one of the best passers. He is. He is one of the most accurate. He throws a whole lot. He does. But, you know, I think, I just think, like, Baker, to give Baker Mayfield a chance. I really really do. And I think he'll do a million times better than Tyrod Taylor. Next game with Bengals Panthers. Uh, Tyler here is actually a Bengals fan. I'm a fan, Bengals fan. And I'm a Panthers He's fan. A, Gavin's so. a Panthers fan. And, you know, actually, this week, I think I think the Panthers are going to win. I, I agree. Because uh, as a Bengals fan, I'm not going to get my hopes up for their 2-0 start. I'm really not. Because I know I've been a Bengals fan almost all my life. And, you know, I don't know why. But I am. And... I know not to get my hopes up because we had that really good 2015 season. Andy Dalton was an MVP. Oh, 2015 season was pretty all right as well. Yeah, that was <laughs> the championship game. I mean, got blown out by the Broncos. But <laughs> we're not going to talk about but that. But Broncos had number one defense that Best that defense. year. Yeah, 2015. They drug Peyton Manning to the championship. They, they game. carried him. Yeah. But um, I think Panthers are going to win. I, I That's agree. just my. Plus, it's at Panthers. I just think it's way too early in the season to see what. Um, I mean, see, if the it's, Bengals not like, it's not like the actually, Bengals have played any Ravens. That was a decent. That was a, that was a decent. I, 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 that game surprised me. I was expecting me. Ravens. I was. Win, you but. asked me about it before that game. I was like, oh yeah, the Ravens are gonna. Who's the first win against? Was it the Colts? It was the Colts, and yeah. that they were down in that game. I was like, oh, it's gonna be another sucky ass season. And 
you know, they, they we did. Granted, they have shocked me this season. I did not think they'd be their uh, um their offense has looked a million times better. Andy has looked a million times better than he has in the past two seasons. And AJ Green looks fantastic. He got me a lot of fantasy points <laughs> last week, and now it made me happy. But again, I think the Panthers. I think it's way. I think the Panthers are going to win. Carolina did. Our offense has a. Uh, Carolina hasn't played very good on offense at all. Cam did turn it on in the fourth quarter uh, last week. He threw a couple touchdowns. He I noticed that throughout Cam Newton's. NFL he's not team. a great decision maker either, and he's not very accurate. But yeah, that's what I was gonna he say. He brings another dimension with his running. Yeah, he's, and he's and he's he's almost impossible to stop when he's running. Cause he's, he's the so best, big. in my opinion, the best running quarterback in history. He has the most uh, rushing touchdowns by any quarterback already. He's yeah. still young. Yeah, so. he's not even thirty yet, yeah. and he still has plenty of years left in him. Yeah, I, I think the Panthers are gonna win that game, and I I think it's too early to. Um, to really say if the Bengals are legit or yeah, not, because they haven't really. The Colts are not. You know, they got Andrew, uh, Andrew Luck back, but that, that was, was, that was Luck's first game. Back that was his first him. game back, and, and you can't really. Yeah. And beating the Ravens, that was a good. That was a quality win, in my opinion. But I still think it's way too early, and I'm not going to get my hopes up as a Bengals fan because. Every time I get my hopes up, something bad happens. I got my hopes up in 2015, and then Andy Dalton Lord broke his... Lord knows why Marvin Lewis is still the coach. Yeah, I, I was... Keeps getting extensions. I was... Um, my my mentor, when I interned at Froggy, my senior year of high school, he's also a Bengals fan, and we talk about, like, they need to get... There's things that they needed to do if they wanted to get back on top. They needed to get rid of Vontez Perfect. They can find people to replace them. And they needed to get rid of Pac Man Jones. Jones. And he left, thank God. Because they, you know, we could have won that playoff game against the Steelers. Penalties. But they screwed it for him. And, you know, we talked about how that needed to happen. And that, you know, when Andy, when there's a halfway decent offense put around Andy. He's proven that he can be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I hate that uh, they gave up on uh, AJ McCarron though. Yeah, they kind of they didn't. That's I, another. I know example. he got hurt uh, before the season even started this year, but I think AJ McCarron could be a pretty good quarterback in this league, and he could be a great successor to Andy Dalton. I know he's not that old, but Andy Dalton just turned thirty, and so did AJ Green. And another thing that uh, we talked about with my my mentor is that. Um, that they needed to get younger on defense because they they have a lot of they had older you have uh, and you all uh, the Bengals have focused on offense in the draft the last couple uh, of years very so. much and I think there's a defensive back for uh, for Cincinnati uh, Ryan Virgil Vigil something like that and he's been playing he's playing uh, playing really good he reminds me of AJ Hawk. When he, uh, you know, Packers. And I think he's going to be really good, and he's really young. And um, they we got Preston Brown over the offseason. And he's a really good linebacker. He's really, you know. But, you know, I think ho- – I, I want the Bengals to do a lot better. And I want them to be able to make the playoffs and actually win one. But that's – like I said, I'm not going to get my hopes high for the Bengals. So the next game, Saints-Falcons. Falcons, you know, they went to the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and 
Saints. They haven't they haven't been the same ever since. And Saints should have went Matt last Ryan, year. But. Saints should have went last year. Matt Ryan hasn't been back to his MVP form yet. We have yet to see it. And last year they had a really down year and uh Yeah, I got, I got shouldn't Saints have beaten in this the Rams. Shouldn't have beaten the Rams last year. I got Saints this uh this week uh they, I think they, they did lose to the Buccaneers, but no one expected Fitzpatrick to no, play like No, no one that. could have and, expected Fitz Magic to happen. <laughs> and um yeah, I think the Saints are going to win that game. I think Drew Brees is going to have a field day. 49ers, Chiefs. I got Chiefs I want to say Chiefs. Yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to continue to have the hot hand. And I think he's going to run all over the, uh, yeah. I agree. Uh, Raiders, Dolphins. Raiders. I get Raiders. I think, I I, think I, John Gruden is going to get his first one back. That, that was tough for me, but Derek Carr has not played very good. I expect him to turn it on this week, get a W. I think John Gruden is going to finally get his first one back from after a long hiatus mm-hmm. from coaching. Bills, Vikings. That's that's a no brainer. Vikings, big time. I mean, Bills, Bills are, the are single, they, they are freaking these... thinking. By starting Nathan Peterman. They're the single worst uh, team in football, and I don't even think it's that close. Arizona they can't might get be any that, offense going. Bills, they're the worst team easily. And uh, Josh Allen hasn't played very good. Nathan Peterman shouldn't even be on an NFL field. So no, was, he should not. So it was idiotic by them to start him week one. And I'm glad Kirk Josh Cousins, Allen's finally. Kirk Cousins has been playing really good his first two starts as a Viking after playing with the Redskins. And I think it's going to they continue. They showed some grit and grind versus the Packers last they week did. coming back. Yeah, and I think you know, Kirk Cousins has been, like I said, really good starting out. And I really think that, yeah, I think the Vikings are going to get that dub this week. Right. Colts-Eagles? Eagles. I think I, I think, it's I think a close Carson game. Wentz, I think it might be a close game, but I think Carson Wentz is going to come back, be really motivated, and I think he's going to get that win for him. Yeah. I got I got Eagles over Colts. Uh, Car- close, like, close game. I think Colts gonna play good. But, but Carson wins. Is I think he's Eagles gonna, superior. They definitely gonna. Like I said, I, Carson wins has been really motivated to um, come back and you know play right away. I thought he was gonna be ready by the first week of the season, but you know he took a couple game off, and the fact that he's you know he's tore his ACL late into the season, and the fact that he's already back by week three. I think is saying something, and um, I think he's really. I think he's going to come back and really show him. But what he's, what he was showing last year, he's hopefully he's not too rusty from. Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see how that game goes. Packers and Redskins. They got Packers. Aaron Rodgers is superior over. Alex I think it Smith. depends on how Aaron Rodgers plays, but I think the Packers are going to get that dub. Yeah, I agree. Jaguars, Titans. Jaguars, for sure. Titans have sucked so far. Mariota has not played very good at all. Blake Bortles has played surprisingly good. Blake, yeah. And he definitely deserved that extension that he got. And um, Jaguars have looked great defensively. I mean, they beat the Patriots and they held them 20 points. I I think that's pretty good for... The, a team and Jaguars have had many years of being mediocre, and I think they're going to continue to be undefeated after next week. 
10 games through and we've both had all the same selections. So let's see if that differs now with Broncos and Ravens. That was a tough one. I thought maybe Case Keenum will... Because he hasn't really... Uh, I don't like it when teams bank on one season. Like They gave him a pretty hefty contract. I, and he I had do not one like... solid year, which is last year. And as other previous years, he has not shown really anything. And I don't like it when teams do that, where they just focus on one player and hope that he's going to continue to, you know, build off that one season. But... Yeah, I do not like Case Keenum. I'm not a Case Keenum fan. Skull! Skull! And although I know Joe Flacco is elite and one of Joe the best Flacco quarterbacks... Joe Flacco is elite. He, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm still going to go Broncos in this game. I think Ravens are defense. I think they're going to shut them. How to do. And who's the next game? Giants-Texans. Texans. Deshaun Watson's going to break out and they're have both, a big game. They're both 0-2, correct? I think so. They yeah. haven't gotten a win I think yet. they're both 0-2. Um, I expect Giants to come out. I think they're the better... Shaquan Barkley, he's he's played pretty good as a rookie. Odell, um, Odell has good year. Uh, Shaquan Barkley has looked. He had a couple really good moves, and I think as the season progresses, he'll get more used to the NFL defenses, and I think he'll play a lot better. I think the Giants have the better offense by quite a bit, and was, Deshaun Watson hasn't looked that great this no, year. No, he has so. not. But he's also coming back from a you know a tough. The, uh, you know, tearing ACL. So, I I think Texas is going to win that game. Chargers, Rams. Rams, big time. I, I think they're going to continue to. Um, I think that's going. That was a tough game to call because the chart. Uh, Philip Rivers has been playing really good at I, age thirty six, and they have a really good offense too. But I I really think that uh, that the Rams, like I said earlier in the podcast. They have one of the best offenses in the NFL right now, and I think they're going to continue that. And you know, continuing down the season, they're going to be one of the absolute, the toughest team to beat. I'm going to go Rams as well. I think, like like I said, I think they're the best team in the NFL right now. That's nothing against the Chargers. Though. I'm really high on the Chargers. I think they can. Do yeah, they're really coming. You know, I think they need a. The Chargers definitely need to focus on their future with Philip. Rivers because he, he has he's, he's getting older. He's, he's thirty six. He's not getting any younger, and sometimes Hopefully quarterbacks. They can get to the playoffs not every. Not, I really hope they do, and I hope that they at least make a uh, championship conference championship game before his career is over. But not every player is like Tom Brady, and they can play into their early forties, and he's thirty six. So, they the Chargers definitely need to start focusing on the future. Uh, Bears versus Cardinals. Bears. I got Bears as well. Big time. Their defense is going to continue to carry them, even when Mitch uh, Trubisky is not playing that well, and when their offense is kind of you know in a log jam. I think that you know their defense will carry them, much like Denver Broncos' defense carried Peyton Manning. So I think you know uh, their defense will carry them as Trubisky is still trying to come into his own as an NFL quarterback. I think Buski should have a decent game, and I think Cardinals are just, just as bad as the Bills, or almost as Haven't bad as the Bills. Haven't even so. played Josh Rosen yet. Yeah, yeah I think that's a big Sam mistake. Bradford had, you know, he had a good year a couple of years ago with the Vikings. He was off to a really good year last year with uh, with the Vikings as well until they put in with, uh, until Vikings put in Case Keenum last year. But Sam Bradford just... You know, too many injuries. I've, I've always wanted to be big on Sam Bradford, but he's just never got it together. Never. And, and Josh Rosen, 
was my favorite quarterback coming into the draft last year. I I think I, know, I just love the way he plays, so I say put him yeah, in. He's pro- he's, Josh Rosen was in last year's draft was probably the most NFL ready, <laughs> along him and Sam Darnold. I'm not saying he is Peyton Manning or he'll ever be close, but they, they play very similar. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love the way he plays. Cowboys versus Seahawks. That was a tough one, but I, I had to go with Cowboys. I went Seahawks. I think I, I, I'm just not a believer in Dak. I'm, I think Ezekiel Elliott's good and the Cowboys offense. Yeah, I wasn't good, really a believer in Dak Prescott either. He had a really good rookie season. He did. Really I, I really like Dak. I just don't. And think then he's... last, and then last year, he kind of had a dud. The Cowboys in general were dud last year after coming. They went fifteen and one his rookie season, going from and then only eight wins last year. But I really like Dak. He's he's. I've always been a fan of him since he was at Mississippi State. But I just don't know if he's a starting quarterback or at least on a very good team. And Russell Wilson, I think he just grinds out the win this week. All right. Uh, Patriots Lions. Definitely Patriots on that one. Lions have another team that has been they have been absolutely sucking ass so this so far this season. So Matthew Stafford, just to you know clarify that four four, four interceptions, interceptions in his first game in the, in the first week, and I just I don't think he deserves all that money. See, I'm he's one of the quarterbacks, I, I, one of the players that. Hardest stats. He has a lot of passing yards, but he hasn't he hasn't really put that into you no know, playoff wins. He's never had the greatest team around him. Never, uh, but really, but I'm actually I'm actually pretty big on never, Matthew Stafford. He's never I, never had a solid running back to back him up. I, I've been surprised that he's been playing this bad so far. Uh, I'd like to see him change it around. I think he will by the end of the season play a little better. But, but yeah, um, I think I got Patriots in this game. As Patriots well. definitely because I I know from past the past that after Tom Brady loses a game, and I know how like he gets almost pissed off and he works towards the next game and they usually after a loss the Patriots usually beat the that team pretty single handedly and I think Tom Brady is gonna have I think he'll have a good week. It's coming week. Then last game of is Steelers versus Bucks. I'm gonna go I Buccaneers. Think, I think the Bucks. I think these uh, Fitz Magic will continue to show off his beard and show off how well he's been playing. And I think uh, they'll keep riding off of that every year of the last five, six, or beyond that years. I probably would have chose Steelers every single time. Yeah, would have chose them last week. Would have chose them the week before. You know, I like how but, like Ben Roethlisberger. You know, like was it like last year, maybe or two years ago? Like he it was, was last year. He was talking about how oh, I, don't, I don't know how long I have, and yeah, talking about that, that he that he you know he was debating retiring, and then once the Steelers draft Mason, uh, Ma- they drafted Mason, which Rudolph, he will be good in this league. I think he'll be. I think he'll be good. Um, but then all of a sudden, Ben Roethlisberger's like, I don't know why they drafted a quarterback. I'm the starter, and you know. I I like Ben Roethlisberger. I do. He's he's another one of the like one of the most toughest quarterbacks I've ever seen. Uh, it's a simple fact that Steelers are not the same without Le'Veon. I and think Le'Veon needs to stop being a little baby. I I hate that the 
uh, players do the holdouts, but I understand this point. The Steelers just keep franchise tagging him over and over and they over. Should, he's definitely deserves a pay, Which, but still continue to. I think that franchise tag still continue is kind to play, of dumb. and if you really feel that way and you want to hold out, just wait to play another season. It probably won't end out end well with the Steelers anyway, and just. You know, go to another team. He's already lost almost two million two million dollars from that plane in the right. first two games. And I just, I really like Le'Veon Bell. He's one of the when he plays, he's top. I think I think top he's three best running, running back, back in the league. As far as doing everything, he is the best because he can. He's a good uh, pass catcher, running back, and he can run. You know, another guy that can run the hell out of the ball. All right. So, all right. That concludes our predictions of. NFL That's it for the NFL. So now, Gavin, we are we we came up with this segment where each week we're gonna do a trivia question. It's gonna switch back and forth. Like this week, I'm gonna be asking you a question, and then next week, you'll find a trivia question and you ask me. So I thought I found a pretty good one, and I was asking you about it uh, earlier today. So Frank Sinkwich. He's from Croatia. He's one of the first. He was the first uh, foreign college football player to win the Heisman. And guess what year he won the Heisman? Yep. See, I have no idea. Don't. Nineteen forty-two. I was gonna guess forty-six. You didn't let me. Oh, yes, but that's well, he's from Croatia. He was the first running back from the SEC to win the Heisman. No. <laughs> Hold on a sec. He is the first running back from the SEC to win the Heisman back all the way back to 1942. And, you know, just to tell you how different 1942 was and from 2018, um, he had 800, 828 rushing yards. And he also played quarterback. <laughs> he had 1,456 passing yards. And just to tell you how different... Um, you know, football is now. That was the all. That was the SEC passing yards record. It was fourteen hundred fifty six. Yeah. Players get that in three four games. Now. I, I know. And uh, so again, not the rushing, but the passing. But the the passing <laughs> times have changed one hundred percent. But he, like I said, he's the first SEC running back to win the Heisman nineteen forty two. So, which SEC school did he play for? You have two chances. You have two chances to get it right. Georgia. You have number four. Four. You have LSU, University of Georgia, Alabama, Crimson Tide, South Carolina, Gamecocks. Georgia. Yes. You're right. Good <laughs> job. I, mean, I just said right. that before you even gave me the multiple choice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, he was actually one of the. He kind of looked funny, but he was also from Croatia. Yeah. <laughs> but he was uh like I said, times really changed, and the you know, but yeah, with everything he he played for University of Georgia. He played there for two years, but he in the second year the is when he won the Heisman. <laughs> <laughs> he and all he is the first Lamar Jackson, <laughs> the first Michael Vick. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was. That's a segment we'll be doing. We'll be doing a little trivia. So, like I said, next week, Gavin will be um, tasked with finding a trivia question about... It can be anything It's not going to be sports. about from the 1940s, so it'll probably... I thought that was a good... I was trying to, th- try to throw you off because of, you know, that was yeah. over 70 years ago. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. So, all right. 
So, college football for the first uh, four weeks that it's been in. Three, but whatever. <laughs> um, so, Heisman watch. Um, some players have surprised me, um, but you know we each did a top three. We've we've already talked about this, and our we've top talked twos are about the same. this a lot of time. Um, we've talked about it a lot. My number, uh, our number one and number two is the same. We both have Kyler Murray Murray as number one, and Tua. I'm gonna try to pull this off. Tago Valola. Yeah, I, I think that, that's pretty I don't close. Think that's close, but it's okay. We're gonna they're find de- two. They're or... both definitely number one and number two. Yeah. Um, Kyler Murray has surprised me a lot because yes, you know they should. I know he's they going to side the... by side with his and Baker Mayfield stats for the first three games, and they're legit identical. I think Murray has like one more yard than uh, Mayfield did, but besides that, they're like... yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of you know he was under the shadow of Baker Mayfield for what like two years ever since when he transferred to Oklahoma. Where did he come from? A uh, Texas A That sounds right. Kind of, sure. Yeah, because they had yeah. like three quarterbacks. Because I remember Kyler Murray is one of was a highly touted quarterback coming out, and I know he's going to go to the MLB after this. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, he he actually went to the draft. He plays baseball. He went to the draft. He got drafted, but he decided to come back to Oklahoma for one more year. I think he made a good decision. So he's going to come after this year. He's going to the MLB. He's not playing football. Mm. So interesting yeah, decision. Uh, anyways. Kyler Murray has surprised me because I did not think he. I thought honestly thought Oklahoma was going to have a down year. Yeah. Not like too much down where they're going to be like winning only like six or seven games, but you know I thought that they weren't going to be as good as the Baker Mayfield was. You know last yeah, year. Yeah, I, did, I didn't I just, think that they'd be in the contention for a playoff spot this year, but they definitely are. They're still undefeated. Um, he he's played really well. Uh, he completing a high percentage of his passes. He's completing sixty-seven percent of his passes. Um, he has eight hundred and sixty-three passing yards, and he also has eight touchdowns. And last week, I mean, well, just any week so far, the first three games, he's has uh, he has shown that he's a can be an effective runner when he wants to. And he definitely he's he's my number one. If real if will. Greer, 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 Greer. I, I'm terrible with last names, but if he played last week and he put up the same numbers, I definitely would have. I definitely would have Greer as my number one. He he's my number three uh, right now. But I think Will Greer is the. Uh, he's gonna be he. I mean, once they make up that game, I think you know. Even without it, it's not like he missed the game. For the first two games, he has team. impressive numbers. Like I mean, seven hundred and seven hundred and ninety six passing yards, and he's completing seventy seven percent of his passes, and he only has nine touchdowns. Nine touchdowns. That's pretty good, and that's pretty damn good. And I really think you know, like I said, if they played last week and he put up the same numbers, he would be my number one. I think if he had played three games and had those same exact stats, it's still reasonable for him to be in the Heisman uh, competition. Definitely. Uh, yep. That's why he's my number three of the stats he's been putting up, and he it's I don't think it's like some fluke because he did the same thing last year. Just West Virginia wasn't as good, and uh, they're undefeated right now. Of course, they've only I played think, two games. And I, think I, I, think the, I think they're legit playoff contenders. By the time when the season comes into the clutch, I think West Virginia should be considered for the playoff. 
Because I, I made a little, I know this wasn't a topic, but uh, I made a little mini list the other day of who I predict to make it. I did six, I put six teams on there just because I, they used, like my last two that didn't make it. And it, I have West Virginia making it. If it started tomorrow, I would have Alabama. I'm at Alabama, Georgia, Alabama, Clemson, and Clemson, West Virginia. Oklahoma, and Georgia would be my four right now if it started tomorrow. But so you're just gonna win like every other year. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm tired of Clemson making it every single year. And Alabama. Well, you can't really. I know, but Alabama's good every single year. Ohio State's made it pretty much every year, except for a couple. And I, I don't, mean, I don't like it. After what happened the past. You know, with the whole Urban Meyer thing, he's kind of... I don't like him at all. Yeah. I don't like Ohio I've State. I've never liked Ohio State. Anyway, so we have Taga Avola as our number two. He's playing... Alabama, they're just... I know, like I said, I know they are going to be good every single year that Nick Saban is there. I know that. But I think this year is different than the others because they have, they've always had a good defense, but their offense has been kind of... Offy, you know they 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 they've been kind of off. Like, you know, some years it's gonna be good, and then some years it's kind of a, you know, they do most of their offense off of running. You know, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry, just to name a few. And there's a whole lot more than that, but yeah, yeah, just to name just to name them two. Who I just think a lot of their offense comes from running the ball, and. They've had some decent quarterbacks. They've but two uh, is decent. I mean, they had AJ, AJ McCarron, McCarron, who was you know one of Alabama's best quarterbacks of all time. But you know they've they haven't really had a quarterback since him. Yeah. Jalen Hurts played okay, but he was not. They've AJ had some McCarron. pretty decently bad ones too, like uh, they've Blake, had Blake Sims. Yeah, he was not that good. Blake Sims, and then who was the one right after him? Jake Coker. Or... Uh, yeah, he transferred and he. He had a solid season, but again, they Alabama has not player. had a good quarterback Derek, since. Well, Derrick Henry, uh, not Derrick Henry, uh, their quarterback's name from last year. Jalen Hurts. Yeah, Jalen Hurts. I don't know. I said Derrick Henry. Jalen Hurts, he, he's, a, he's a good quarterback, and if he transfers that, I think any college in the country would gladly take him in. Yeah. I mean, I don't – I want to say that he definitely wants to transfer – but he hasn't shown signs of it because you know they were showing a video of, he, of him and Taka Avola doing like a little handshake and that they were they looked really happy. And the thing, like, thing I was saying about Alabama, like Taka Avola, just say Tua, <laughs> he's been their best quarterback in my opinion since AJ McCarron, and he's been he's in. He's impressed me a impressed lot. The, he's, he's, super he's impressed accurate. the hell out of me, and he's super accurate. He can. He's really mobile. He's real, like yeah, he had that really play finesse. against Louisville where he just threw it off the back of his legs, and he he still got a touchdown. Like they have not had Alabama. They've scored over fifty points the first three games of the season. They have not made any mistakes. Yeah. And they and the thing about this offense is everyone's getting touches, and they're not getting that many. Like they haven't needed to. Um, Taga Avola, he's just. He hasn't thrown that much, but he's been their best quarterback. And he's been one of the best quarterbacks in the league so far. And, you know, Jalen Hurts has been backing him up. And they've been getting everyone involved on that and offense. Like you said, Tyler, their defense is always good, and it's no different this year. Jordan Tamu, I was, I thought, was one of the best quarterbacks I, he was looking like this I year. I thought Ole Miss was going to put up a lot 
I thought better it was be fight than they did. Sixty something to seven. It was sixty seven. They scored on like their first play. Yeah, I was like, oh, Ole Miss is gonna get them, but nope. The uh, Alabama proved again why they're always gonna be the best team in college football when they have Nick Saban. And uh, yeah, I, he's definitely number two for me. I'm not ready, quite ready to say he's number one. But our number three so far in the Heisman like I already race, mentioned, mine's Will Greer. But. His is Will Greer. Again, I would have R- Will Greer as my number one if they played last week and he put up the same numbers. But um, my number three is actually Dwayne Haskins. You know, again, I don't not like Ohio State, but I can't you know argue about how good he's been. Mm-hmm. Um, he's completing seventy three percent of his passes. He also has. Uh, 890 passing yards and already 11 touchdowns through three games. And he's been playing absolutely fantastic. And, you know, like I said, like I don't like Ohio State, but I cannot argue with what he's, you know, doing right now. Ohio State's playing awesome, even without Urban Meyer. Which will be bad next week. And they're going to be, you know, as much as I hate to say it, they're going to be even better when he does come back. Because as much as his personal life is, you know, kind of up in the air, I think that everywhere he's gone, he's been a good coach. Yeah, when he was at Florida, and now he's at you know. Ever since he's been at Ohio State, they've always been in the football, the college football playoffs. So we'll see how he does for the rest of the season. But I do think you know Dwayne Haskins has definitely taken over the mantle well for uh, for J T. Barrett, who feels like J T. I feel like J T. Barrett was there for like a million years. Well, J T. Barrett. Well, it was because he was backing up Braxton Miller, and he was also backing up Cardell Jones for a point, and they were all playing together and stuff. And yeah, Cardell uh, Jones will go down as one of the biggest busts of all time. Yeah. They, I can't believe some team took really took a chance on him. He well, was Cardell first Jones, pick, wasn't it? Or, I think either it wasn't too early of a pick. I think so. it was like second or third, maybe mm-hmm. round, um, but like I said, he's just one of the biggest busts of all time. I can't believe a team. He didn't he didn't play that many games either when he was at Ohio State. Anyways, so that's my number three. So now we are going to be focusing on. Well, actually, you actually had a dark horse candidate. I did have a dark. Yeah, I did have a dark horse. Um, my dark horse right now is AJ Dillon, who I know AJ Dillon because. He played Louisville last year, and I watched that game. And he ran all over Louisville's defense. Now, granted, Louisville's defense was not that good last year, but A.J. Dillon is an absolute monster. And last year, he, as a freshman, only a freshman, he had 300 attempts. He had over 1,500, 1500 yards rushing, and he had 14 touchdowns to go along with that. And that was, that's pretty solid numbers for a freshman. And, you know, this year he's continuing that. He already has 59 attempts, 432 yards rushing, and four TDs. He's averaging seven yards a carry. And I, I, he should definitely be in the top five by the time Heisman, you know, the final, those final Heisman standings come out. I didn't really have a dark horse, but if I were to choose one, it would be Ed Oliver, who he is a defensive lineman. Um, and he actually doesn't have any sacks this year up to this point. But he does he's still have one of the best. He's yeah. still one of the probably the best defensive player in college football right he, now. He he does already have twenty four tackles through three games, which that's really good for a defensive lineman. They don't rack up many tackles. Do you think when he gets to the NFL, do you think he's gonna be able to 
be that difference maker like Kula Mack or uh, Aaron Donald is? I, I he's one of the best defensive players I've ever he's seen. Big. He's one of the best defensive players I've ever seen in college football. So I I'd, I don't know if he's going to be that good, but his it talent I think his talent will translate. To. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of players they play better. It's all about systems. So depending right. on the system you're in, uh, will determine how well you do, how well you develop. But yeah, he's one of the best talents I've ever seen defensively. So I'd assume. His talent's going to transfer over, translate over to the NFL. And going back to, like, Heisman talk, I was looking at Hawaii, University of Hawaii, the Rainbow Warriors. Um, I was looking at them mostly because University of Hawaii was actually my dream school. But, you know, they've had quarterbacks in the past that have played really good. But this year, they have a guy. He's a sophomore. His first year as a full-time starter. His name is Cole McDonald. He's a white dude, and he has dreadlocks. And I think he has a fantastic look. But that is nothing compared to how he's playing. Like, so far, through four games of the season, Hawaii is 3-1. and one. He has four, over 1,400 passing yards already. He has 15 touchdowns and zero interceptions. And that is, no matter what conference you're in, or who you're playing, or, you know, what type of team you are, that is, those are incredible numbers. I tell you, Tyler has the biggest man crush on this dude. I've heard him, heard I, him talk about it. I really it. do because he, <laughs> this guy is a stud. I, I, I hope he makes it to the NFL not one day, not because of how he looks, but just because he's a solid football player and he's and he already has and he also rushes the ball a little bit. He has 144 yards rushing on the season, so he's a mobile quarterback as well, and. You know, talk about the Heisman. You know, they have a certain standard for who their Heisman winners are. And you have illiterate players like Lamar Jackson, who had a terrible Heisman speech. And, you know, who, you know, Louisville was off. They had a great start to the season. They, you know, they had a, you know, a debacle from the last three games of the season. They lost terribly to Houston, lost to Kentucky, and, you know, losing to LSU and the M. But, you know, that was probably the only exception that the committee whoever chooses probably had because you know Louisville was well it was like four games and I really think that they the Heisman's you know the committee whoever chooses they need to switch you know how they look at different players because Cole McDonald he should Definitely be, I think, in the standings so far based off his numbers and the fact that Hawaii is 3-1. and one. Um, Colt Brennan, I don't know if you remember him. He was a really good quarterback from the University of Hawaii. And um, I was looking. He was in the standings, but he was, like, very last. Yeah, like, football, uh, you have to be, like, very recognized beyond a top team, which I think winning is an important aspect of getting That's a, why Alabama like that. over the past years has had multiple... Uh, Heisman winners is because it's you know freaking Alabama. But yeah, winning is an important part of getting an award like that. But I don't think you have to be like a, necessarily a top team and play against the best talent every single night. Just like the basketball, uh, the Naismith Award. There's several mid major teams uh, players that win the award, like Jimmer, Doug McDermott, and Jimmer, uh, Jimmer Fredette. Yep. But uh, football, you never see that. It's always Never. a top school. And that's and that's a reason why Benny Snell, no matter how well he plays, is 
probably never going to win a Heisman or even be considered because he plays for you know he plays for Kentucky mm-hmm. and Kentucky has never had the same recognition as a team like Alabama or LSU, even Stanford and uh, Clemson. No matter how much better uh, Snell's stats have been over Bryce Love, Bryce Love's still in the conversation over Manny Snell, and it, Love hasn't played that good this year. He had one game and he played god awful, and. It's because it's Stanford, and they, in the past they've had Christian They're McCaffrey. They're a top-ten team. And, and yeah. Andrew so. Luck. You know, like I said, I just think the committee should definitely change how they view things. Because there's players that are very diver- uh, deserving of winning a Heisman Award, winning that prestigious award. There's definitely players from those mid-level programs that should definitely be looked at and – they should, you know, get that recognition of being in the top three. And they should go to, was it New York or wherever they go to give the presentation? They should have that opportunity and, you know, get that exposure for that school. So, and uh, I think that sums up college football for this week. Other than we have the game of the week, which for me it's Alabama-Texas A&M. Texas A&M hung with Clemson and... Clemson is, you know, they have one of the best defenses in the nation. They got almost everyone back. But Texas A&M still hung with them. And I think it's still going to be at Texas A&M. I really think if they can still play the way they did and uh, Kellen Mund continues to play well and, you know, get their defense to play well, I, I really think they have a shot at hanging with Alabama. I still think, you know, when it's all said and done, Alabama's still going to win that game because they're Alabama. But I still, th- you know, I think it's going to be a close game, and I think it's going to be a really good game. Um, my game of the week was Stanford versus Oregon. Uh, two top 25 teams playing against each other. Uh, Stanford, well, honestly, both of them have really good quarterbacks. Uh, Oregon has Justin Herbert. Stanford has Kate J. Costello. Uh, Stanford's defense is actually really good this year. And Oregon's pretty much an offensive juggernaut. Although sure. they, they they haven't played anybody that tough, really. Oregon hasn't. But they've still done really good offensively, putting up crazy numbers. I think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, last year, Stanford blew out Oregon. But this year, I'm predicting a close game. Decided by 10 points or less. I think Bryce, Bryce Love, Love uh, last year was also playing out of his mind. Well, I think Bryce Love's going to have a breakout game uh, today, I expect. The scores probably be around the 30s, maybe 20s. Uh, but I think Bryce will finally have his first solid game, maybe a couple touchdowns. Justin Herbert can also be considered as another black horse. Yeah, and dark yes, horse, not did I say black. Yeah. <laughs> dark horse. I'm sorry, but yeah, he can definitely be considered for a dark horse because, um, you know, guess who else was he's considered? He's very talented. He's very. He, he's talented. very. He's tall. He can. He can run the ball, and he's also. He's not. The most accurate passer in the world, but he's he's really good. And you know, before he, you know, last year before he got hurt, he was putting up pretty good numbers. And you know who else was considered a dark horse? Who was it? It was Lamar Jackson, <laughs> who let's not forget has you know the worst I mean, wonderlick score in all of uh, in history I mean, of. I don't think it's of history, but like out of that's just I, terrible. I know I know a quarterback's never won. Uh, a Super Bowl with a score with Vince less than like Young, 19. I think Vince Young also had another really poor. Pretty sure nobody's score. won a Super Bowl with like 
especially that low. He's at like 13, I think. Like the lowest Super Bowl winner's ever been was like 18 or 17, something like that. Don't quote me on that, but somewhere around there. Yeah. You know, I... You know, growing up, I was a house divided. I had to like both. I know Kentucky fans don't like it, but I had to like both Louisville and Kentucky. When they played each other, I was Louisville. That's definitely changed now because I'm going to University of Kentucky. But um, I was a house divided. That a shit show program currently, especially basketball-wise. Oh, man. You know, thinking about it, Rick Pitino probably would have gotten cheered by UK fans, like, way before all this stuff came out. Even with the, you know, him getting, you know, a BJ and under a, at a in a restaurant, and but now it's just he's just become this mediocre, mediocrity to the whole sport. He was like he used to be really well respected, and I used to love the guy. Like, you know, he changed around Kentucky's program. And it's hard to argue against that if, you know, if he, he stayed the, at Kentucky, they would have won eight more championships. He had the greatest team, or one, like, at least a top five team ever in college basketball in the 96 Kentucky team. Then probably would have won a championship in 97 if Derrick Anderson doesn't get hurt in the championship game. Mm-hmm. And then um, 98, although he left, Tubby Smith comes in and wins the championship with his but team. To be, I mean, to be fair... To Rick Pitino, which I can't, you know, it's hard to do now. But, I mean, Tubby Smith winning that championship while he was in, you know, a decent coach, that was still Pitino's oh, team. Yeah, was, I mean, Tubby Smith still did it, but it was Pitino's team. Yeah. And, you know, just now, he would have been at the level of Coach K as far I don't know as. About that. Like, as far as being respected and a fan base, like, completely just loving the guy, he would have been up there. Oh, yeah. Not as much as Coach K, but he definitely would have been He would have never there. been respected again by Kentucky fans by going global yeah. after what he did. But, uh, but you Kentucky know, fans admit that he was one hell of a coach and turned around the program because right. they're in probation and stuff when he gets there. And yeah. Within you know, two I, years. You know, like I said, I, I grew up a house divided, and I wasn't forced but I had, you know, I liked both teams. And when Kentucky, you know, they won the national championship in basketball, I cheered for them. I love that team. When, um, when it's just any team in the state of Kentucky, like Murray State, Murray, Moorhead, whoever it is that's, you know, playing good, I'm still going to cheer for them because they're in Kentucky. I love the state of Kentucky. And, um, Louisville's pretty much the only team in the state of Kentucky I've always cheered against. And, I'm not gonna say I'm glad. One common denominator that I think Louisville and Kentucky fans have that they can both agree on is the hatred of Duke. Yeah. I Nobody you know, likes they, Duke except for Duke fans though. Exactly. That's... No one likes Duke besides, you know, Grayson Allen. <laughs> I can't I s I wanted to punch that guy so bad when He's a dirty uh, player. He is such, one of the dirtiest players I've ever seen, you know. And um, you know I cannot stand Duke. I if you know an asteroid could come and hit the whole University of Duke, and I would not feel bad. I would I would feel a little bad for him. I mean, that's <laughs> a lot of innocent lives. And... <laughs> I still like I. Although as much as I hate him as a basketball team, I don't hate him as people. So don't really wish death on him. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, 
Uh, like but I if, say, I could, I if think I could force one... Coach K into retirement, I sure would. I, I, I do you think he's a drunk? No way, no. You don't think so? Mm-mm. I think he is because he always has red around his face. That's just like a Tennessee football's own coach, Butch Jones. <laughs> I swear that man is an alcoholic. I I think I really think that he's an alcoholic. Butch Jones or Coach K? Uh, coach K. I think Bush Jones is. And I think towards the end, Rick Pitino was because he looked like absolute dog shit. That little coconut when... milk that he always used to drink, <laughs> he probably put in vodka. <laughs> yeah, I... <sighs> or coconut water, whatever it was that he'd always drink. Yeah. And the hatred of Duke definitely spoils back all the way to Christian Leitner. Oh, yeah. Because no one hated... No one liked Christian Leitner. He was the biggest douchebag you can think of. When it came to, you know, they could try to stay story. Oh, he, he came from a hard-working family. That still doesn't change the fact about how he played. He can still he was competitive, but he was still an asshole, <laughs> big time. And um, which everybody, if you have a player like that on your team, maybe not that to that dirtiness level, but like with that competitiveness, everybody be, everybody loves that when it's on their. You no, know, I was anybody else hates it. I, someone asked. Um, I was asked a question, how would you feel if, you know, I was talking about, you know, UK beating Florida, about how Florida was, you know, talking so much, you know, crap about UK, and asked me if it was the same position if UK basketball was doing the same thing to another team. Now, I don't like trash talking on any level. I still, I, you know, I want my team to be competitive, and I want my players to See, be competitive. I like trash talking on the court and field. But I'm not big on the whole social media. Like even if they won the game, I still don't like trash talking off the field. Like you still, I I get there's a certain level of competitiveness that these players have, but I still don't think that trash talking is the best thing ever. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm a fan of trash talk. I just I don't like when things get too serious. Yeah, and especially when fights break out, I don't like trash talking, and you know. Christian Leitner was a pretty big trash talker. Some of the greats in both sports are, are also some trash talkers, though. Yeah, that's true. Ray Lewis. Yeah, on the football he was... side, basketball side, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, I I do not like trash talking. Right. And so that's that sums up... Well, we have one more topic, and that's a bold prediction for this week. Oh, yeah. Um, my bold prediction... Um, Georgia is going to Missouri this week, and I my bold prediction is that I really think that Missouri will hang with them. I'm not sure if they're going to win, but I think Drew Locke is going to have a good game, and I think um, and Missouri has a solid defense this year, and I you know I really think that um, Missouri will hang with them. Uh, my bold prediction is that LSU after the gaudy win that they had against Auburn. I think they'll have a terrible hangover game. I'm not saying they're going to lose to Louisiana Tech, which Louisiana Tech's actually not a bad team. They're undefeated right now. I uh, haven't really played anybody, but I think LSU's going to come out and play pretty bad in the first half and maybe even part of the third, but by the fourth quarter, I believe that they will start to pull away. All right, guys. So we have one last segment. It's called Legit or Hoax. So basically what this is, we'll look at different teams that are still undefeated in college football and whether or not they are legit or if it's just a hoax and they're just going to eventually spiral out of control. 
So our first one is actually LSU. You're talking about you, them possibly having a hangover game. There are three and zero. Do you think they are legit or a hoax? Although I think they're gonna have a hangover game, I think they're legit in the sense that I they're they're a damn good football team. Yeah. I, I don't think they're college football playoffs or anything. No, but because I I can see where I they do definitely think they're losses. getting back to where they were when you know they were really good. When they had, you know, Tyrone Matthew and... As, Include, including the bowl game, I think they can be a 10-11 win team. That, for sure. Th- they can get a quality bowl game. They, yeah. Orange Bowl, you know, uh, Rose Bowl. I think that's definitely in the cards for them, and I think they're legit. You know, they beat Auburn, and Auburn is one of the best teams in, they got a great quarterback. in college football. They do have a great quarterback. And I think Joe Burrow, while he hasn't put up, you know, he's not the most accurate, I still think he can play. He's a good game manager. Yeah, he is. And I still and I think that he is a uh, – I think he can play against SEC, you know, teams. Mm-hmm. And – um. So our next team is Notre Dame. They are three, you know, legit or hoax. I'm gonna go legit. Uh, they beat Michigan in the first game, which Michigan's not the best team in the world. Yeah, they're, they're they're all right though. Uh, then they beat Vanderbilt last week. It was a close Barely. game. It was a close game, and I'm I don't really necessarily chop that up to. Notre Dame not being good, but I think Vanderbilt just played their hearts out, and Vanderbilt has made strides to be they a better have, program. They have, but they're still so, not, you know... I mean, they're not top level or anything, but I think that they're at the level where they can play a good team close. I mean, it's not like they're going to pull it off, but I think I think Notre Dame, again, could be between an 8-10 to 10 win team. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're decently legit. In my opinion, I think Notre Dame is going to be a hoax this year, because... Um, I think they get a lot of recognition because of their name, Notre Dame. And, you know, they almost lost. Vandy was hanging with them. And I don't think that's a good sign when a team like Vandy. I don't know. They got a good quarterback this year. Their defense is really Yeah. He's pretty good. They're, but still, like. I mean, I know it's They still were still Vandy, hanging but... with them. And I think Notre Dame is still, you know, they, they were good. And then you know the last year that Deshaun Kaiser was there, they were they weren't really they weren't not good at all. I think they only won four games, and last year they made a little bit of strides. And I don't think their quarterback, uh, what's his name, Notre Dame's quarterback, I always forget his name, but um, I don't think uh, Notre Dame's quarterback is. I don't think he's all that well, all that good, and uh, so. We established. You think that LSU is legit? I I think they're legit. I think they're back on, get back on the level of. In the next couple of years, where they'll be able to make the playoff. You think Notre Dame is legit? I think they're a hoax. So our last team is University of South Florida. Charlie Strong's first year with the team. Do you think they are a legit team or a? An absolute hoax. I wouldn't say absolute hoax, but I'm not going to say they're legit either. Uh, they're in a Blake, terrible conference, that's yeah, for sure. They're in a terrible... I think they'll pick up a lot of wins because of the conference they're in. But the only match, competition... If you match them with a team of the upper level, like an Auburn, LSU, any team in that level, in a bowl game, I think they're going to get drugged because Blake Barnett... He's, hey, he, course, he started out at Alabama, moves to Arizona State, now yep. South Florida. He obviously has got the talent because... He, he was recruited by Alabama. And Nick Saban wanted him. 
Um, but he's still making bad decisions. He's and then, got and seven, this is, seven is, touchdowns, four interceptions on the season. Uh, I don't think Charlie Strong can turn it around in one year, so I'm going to say a hoax. I think they're a hoax, too. I mean, I think they're definitely making strides, and I think Charlie Strong can, you know, I think he can turn around most programs. I think he didn't succeed well at Texas because there were so many players that— It's so that hard had, to succeed at Texas, though. Yeah, like that, Tom Herman, he's a great coach, and he's struggling a little bit. They did. They beat USC. They did. They did, and I thought that was, I think, Texas probably making strides. USC might not be that great this year, though. That's that they did lose, the um, they, Sam Darnold. So, but you know, going back to it, Charlie Strong just did not succeed at Texas because there were so many disciplinary issues with the players. He did have a kickoff players. Oh, now, I don't think so he got. <laughs> I remember getting, but he didn't getting, even get out of them out because didn't Tom Herman have to kick off some players when he first got there? I'm, uh, I'm not totally sure, but you know, um, but you know he Texas. I don't. I just don't think Charlie Strong got everyone on board at Texas, and I'm, due to kicking off players, and he just you know he had so much to handle, and just they didn't you know that obviously would not translate well into. Um, you know, to winning games. But Texas is a super hard job to coach. It's like a Duke, Kentucky, Kansas in the basketball world. Texas is like one of those jobs that's just super hard to coach and win at and be yeah. successful. It takes a certain type of coach. and It does. And, uh, you know, like I said, I think USF, because of their conference they're in, they might win eight or nine games, maybe more, you know. But I think Blake Barnett, you know, this is his – First year as a starter. And he might be just having a little bit of, you know, anxiety about being a starter. And he might be, you know, just having trouble trying to get used to that. And obviously he's playing another under a different, way different system under um, Charlie Strong. And, you know, we'll see. But I still think they're a hoax. You know, it definitely depends on how they play against... Um, Central Florida, and that's basically their only competition that they will have, and uh, their the American Conference. So that is that sums up college football for this week. Uh, just want to thank you guys for the those of you who are you know who listen to this podcast. Um, just want to thank you guys. Um, we are really excited about this. You know, this is our first episode. There's a lot of stuttering. That's definitely going to improve, and we're going to get a lot better as, you know, as we continue this podcast. But we, like I said, we are so very excited for this podcast, and, th- and this I was, was so hyped for it. This first one was thrown together in less than a day. We didn't expect to get it started. And That's we just very kind of true. Together, we were not so expecting to get it we're started this quickly. We're not prepared about what we were going to do or anything. Kind of just came together, so we should but, be more prepared and better off. I think we were very prepared as far as notes. I think we were. We didn't have a lot of stuff. But anyway, I know, but like we have a lot to improve on, as such as any new sta- new thing starting out. And a, a lot of stuttering from me. But again, stuttering from that, me too. So. That, that we're both going to improve. And it's gonna, this podcast is going to improve. And we definitely want it to grow. But we definitely need support. And um, we definitely get better. And it, this is going to be a fun time. And I think that, you know... We 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 really love sports. Every time we hang out with each other, we're always talking about sports. 
and for a very long time. And it's, uh, I cannot express how excited I was to start this podcast because I wanted to do a sports podcast for so long, for so long. And I just, I've always wanted a co-host to do it. And, you know, you're here in Lexington and Tyler just kind of threw the idea out. I I threw the idea and, you know, we're getting, getting it all together. And I think, you know, as we, as the year goes along and as we, produce more episodes it's it's gonna sound really good and i think we're gonna i think it's gonna be really it's gonna be quite the ride with this podcast and we're also gonna be joined by kenley ballinger who did not he he couldn't participate he cannot you know he cannot be a part of the podcast today so it's gonna be hard getting yeah it's it's mostly gonna be me and gavin but he he definitely Wants to join in on the podcast fun. Who makes an appearance. And again, for those of you who are listening, thank you so much. Definitely give feedback. I already know that we need to work on a bunch of stuff. But feedback, you know, if guys on social media, definitely leave comments about what we can talk about. What you would be interested in, in us talking about. And, you know... Or we'll you can ask us questions. We'll answer. Work around that. Um, definitely ask questions, um, and we'll definitely get to them on the next podcast. So until next time, Gavin. Thanks for hanging in our man cave. Thanks for hanging with the man cave. Thank you for joining our man cave. We'll see you next time. <laughs>